once had a program director tell me to stop smiling so much on the air because it took away from my credibility. I didn't make that up. It's a serious, like, serious story. <laughs> well, I didn't take it seriously, but it, he was giving me his best serious advice. Uh, I'm glad I didn't take that advice. And one of these days when I run into him again, I think he's been fired twice since I left my previous network. I'm not making that up either. Anyway, uh, one day when I run into him again, it will be an opportunity to tell him that I still smile and not just that I laugh on the air as well. Uh, And as I was thinking about smiling and why I'm smiling right now, Uh, That came to my mind. So I thought I would share that with you. Not all advice is created equal. (laughs) In fact, there's a lot of advice that comes from a place of, of not altruistic and not helpful and not kind and compassionate and really not constructive. And that was one of those pieces of advice in my career. So here as we start our final show before, last show for us until after the food and football are done, It's definitely holiday mode, and I am definitely smiling. And boy, do we have some goofy stuff to throw at you on this Thanksgiving Eve Eve. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a good drive into work, and I was a little surprised because I expected there to be more people on the road. I know that our New York City headquarters are kind of in the, well, in the part of New York in Lower Manhattan where we're subject to not quite as bad as Midtown and Times Square, but we're still part of the gridlock alert day for the next couple of days. And yet it was pretty quiet getting into work, which was awesome. And and so to have an easy commute into work, to have Thanksgiving now on the horizon, and it's my favorite holiday. I've said this before, uh, how much I love Thanksgiving for a lot of reasons, even though this the year I won't be with my family. Um, it's great to be able to do a radio show, talk about football and the other football and some goofy stuff happening in basketball and even college. We're going to work in some college as well. This show is going to fly and then we're going to launch you forward into your Thanksgiving. Now I will be here on Thanksgiving night. So I'm looking forward to that. People ask me, why do you work on Thanksgiving? Well, I'm here. Why not? It's one of the easiest shows of the year. Not all radio shows are created equal. Well, you should know that by now, especially if you listen to me. But when it comes to a Thanksgiving night, it could not be simpler. It's three football games. That's it. (laughs) That's all it is. And a little talk about Thanksgiving. I mean, I could talk about food in my sleep. I probably do talk about food in my sleep. Uh, and, And actually, I've discovered a kindred spirit. So did you all hear Mac Jones' response to what food will be on the Thanksgiving dinner table? I'm assuming this will be after the Patriots-Vikings game. Maybe it'll be Friday. I don't think he's going to be loading up on the carbs uh, right before he goes out there. So I'm, I'm thinking it's probably not on Thursday. But anyway, I love this answer because it's so after my own heart. I don't really care. I'm not super picky, so as long as there's food. Yeah, it's a good day, so <laughs> not super picky. Well, I could have sworn he had changed his entire diet and had, I don't know, was it taken out ice cream of his diet or maybe it was the opposite. Maybe he put ice cream in his diet. But yes, Mac Jones, we as see. As long as food. Yeah, we see eye to eye. As long as there's food, it's a good day. 
<laughs> so that's awesome. I love it. I love all the talk of Thanksgiving dinner. I wrote at the top of my note cards, uh, which I use my note cards to keep myself organized. It Sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> but I do have at the top of tonight's note card, Thanksgiving Fs. No, it's not what you think. The Thanksgiving Fs, they make me happy. I was telling my fourth and fifth graders about this on Sunday. Family, friends, that got to be top of the list. Family, friends, food, fun, football. Whatever kind of football floats your boat, there'll be plenty in the United States and in Qatar. I'm practicing. I'm saying Qatar now because, I don't know, that's what seems to be the consensus. But you know what happens when the whole world's going one way or most of the world's going one way. I tend to break out in hives. So (laughs) maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe I should go back to Cutter. But for now, there's plenty of football, both sides of the globe. So it's going to be a great Thanksgiving. I hope you're looking forward to it. I actually have not started my Thanksgiving prep yet. I've got oatmeal butterscotch cookies to make, but I thought I would wait until Wednesday night. So they're super fresh when I take them. On Thursday, I've also got the apple crisp that's going to be made at the friend's home where I'm going so the apples don't get brown because that is one of my pet peeves. It's It goes against my anal retentive brain to have brown apples. I can't, I can't do it. And then I'm trying a brand new Mexican layer dip. It's actually a recipe I got from my best friend. And I've never done it before, but for the first time in my life, you guys, are you ready for this? First time in my life, I went to the grocery store on Tuesday morning and bought refried beans. I greatly dislike refried beans, but that's what the recipe calls for because I think the consistency, I was tempted to use black beans in this Mexican layer dip, but the consistency, probably the, you know, the quality of the refried beans, it'll spread easier and, and keep the dip together. And I got scoops, big old scoops. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. So yes, I'm probably going to talk about food a little bit on this show And I would love for you to reach out to us. We're not going to give you the radio version of Ask Amy Anything on this edition of the show. It's not really a hump show, number one. Number two, we've just done a video version of Ask Amy Anything. And so we just need you to go to our YouTube channel and find the latest post. But also, it's pretty easy to find. It says, Ask Amy Anything. The holidays are here. The official start of the holiday season. And producer Jay is really excited. Our subscriber numbers are going up. So I know you want him to have a happy Thanksgiving. And we've seen that there are a ton of views, uh, even as we continue to promote it. I did have to answer the question of what I'm thankful for. I did have to answer the question of my favorite Thanksgiving side dishes. And so all of the information that you crave... Also, why am I wearing the jersey that I'm wearing? That's in there as well. So please check it out uh, on our YouTube channel. The post is pinned to the top of our Facebook page, also named After Hours with Amy Lawrence. And if you haven't yet voted for TD of the Week or sent us your Trust Me Tuesday answers, well, you can do that on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or, of course, our show Twitter I think that pretty much covers that. I didn't tell you where to find the podcast yet, but that's all over our social media. <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot to keep this machine rolling down the tracks. It's a big old steam engine. Takes a while to pick up speed. Once it does, get out of the way. We are live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Sometimes 
men playing professional sports are so juvenile. And I can't help it but laugh, especially when it's so true to character. Even better when they take themselves so seriously. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing. It's like laughing at a delinquent child sometimes when they are yelling, screaming, throwing a temper tantrum. I think when it comes to that portion of motherhood, I may not be the greatest mom because I remember when my nieces would throw temper tantrums. I laughed at them. What are you doing? You look ridiculous. But, you know, at four and five years old or whatever, they don't care. Uh, And so, yeah, I guess there is a gift to finding humor in most situations, but also (laughs) it might make me not as great a parent. I guess I'm going to have to marry a dude who's all about the being the strict (laughs) and towing the line. We'll see about that. Anyway, so as I was watching the action unfold with the Lakers and the Suns, I mean, the Lakers have got so many problems. This is really the least of their problems. Uh, I came across... (laughs) I came across this moment that I had to watch over and over again uh, because, first of all, it's so classic Patrick Beverly. And second of all, I don't blame him. I don't know that I would have done the same, but if I'm on Pat Bev's team, I appreciate the fact that he gets himself into these situations over and over. And yes, I I did laugh when I watched what he did. Booker walks away, and he gets called for a foul. Wow, now, Patrick Beverly is not a very smart no. player. <laughs> now Beverly's up, and there's a lot of pushing and shoving going on oh, down dear. in the corner. But Booker had walked away from it after the foul was called. And, of course, we know a lot about Beverly. <laughs> And uh, so now, with three minutes and 55 seconds remaining in the ball game, just a little milling around right now. Coaches, security, just trying to get everybody moved out of the way. And we'll have to wait and see if anything at all comes from this situation. Uh, Suns with a 106-96 lead. And now the Suns players have all returned to their bench area. The Lakers have done the same, and the three officials are huddling. And we'll see what they make of it. After the foul, it was Patrick Beverly that came in and knocked the 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 hospital act or physical altercation did not resolve after the foul. Well. Patrick Beverly just simply knocked DeAndre Ayton to the floor. Oh, I love the Phoenix Suns colored glasses there from Al McCoy. And, of course, I would expect that. He works for the team. And maybe he didn't see what happened before that. Yes, Patrick Beverly was ejected. Take their ass home. For knocking DeAndre Ayton to the court. Here's how it unfolded. And I don't know, Producer Jay, if you want to find the video from the NBA or somewhere. I've, it's all over the place. Uh, to share on a show Twitter, After Hours CBS. Cause and effect, baby. Cause and effect. So Devin Booker gets called for a foul against Austin Reeves. That was assessed a flagrant one. So the officials went back and looked at the foul they reviewed the the moment and the play, and Booker was called for a flagrant one. Austin Reeves ended up on the ground. 
there was taunting over top of him by Aiton. So Aiton is towering over top of him. Reeves is laying on the ground. Aiton essentially is posturing over the top of him. And from, I don't know, six feet away or so, Patrick Beverly gets a running start and just, bam, right into him, knocks him over. Again, I'm I'm not telling you that <laughs> that Patrick Beverly's actions are correct. Clearly, he was thrown out. But come on, man. This is Patrick Beverly. He takes this stuff personally. And the fact that he got a running start and just bum-rushed DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> just, I mean, it's juvenile, of course. But I would not want to see one of my teammates lying on the court only to have DeAndre Ayton towering over him like he's the one that knocked him down. You know what this moment reminded me of? Oh, shoot. Uh, I am, I don't remember the year, but the year that the Cavaliers beat the Warriors in the NBA playoffs. Was it 15? 15, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So 2015, do you guys remember that Draymond Green got suspended for game five because of what happened in game four. And I know it was an unpopular opinion, but I kept saying, and I I still feel this way. If you're LeBron James and you're going to straddle Draymond while he's lying on the court, well, then you might want to guard your little Lakers. You might want to be careful. There are a lot of guys out there who would do the exact same thing that Draymond did. Get your... Junk out of my face. No disrespect. And so I'm not even a guy. I don't think that's all that hard to understand. I mean, as a chick, I wouldn't want me in that situation either. But as a guy, that's disrespectful. Just as disrespectful as LeBron James getting called a, a B word by Draymond. So they were going back and forth. But I could certainly understand why any male in the course of all of this emotion and the biggest stakes in the NBA would punch a guy between the legs when the guy's standing over top of him Stupid. while he's lying on the court. It's just, come on now. Like, that's common sense. Again, I'm not condoning the violence. I mean, violence, whatever. LeBron's fine. But I'm not condoning the the hitting, the, the punching, whatever. And I, I'm not condoning Patrick Beverly only to say, there are moments that seem pretty common sense to me. I wouldn't want DeAndre Ayton standing over top of my teammate either. And maybe Patrick Beverly didn't need to get a running start like he's in the NHL and it's targeting or something. Uh, he did definitely leave both feet. It, maybe he didn't need to do that. But come on. There was very little chance that there wasn't going to be another Laker who shoved him and said, get away from my teammate. What was DeAndre Ayton doing? You're asking for it when you're taunting someone who's lying on the court. Anyway, grown men acting like boys. And I I couldn't wait. The first that I saw it, I thought, okay, this is going to be some fantastic Patrick Beverly response. And it definitely was an explanation from Pat Bev. Kind of got out of control after the, the stare down at Austin Reeves by book. Then another stare down by Ayton. And the refs didn't really come in and kind of break it up. So, uh, you know, I'm not going for that. You know, so uh, uh, that's what I that's what I saw. Obviously, uh, um, 
it's unfortunate that it happened on national TV. I'm a big fan of protecting my teammates, and uh, I'm a big fan of a, I'm a, I'm a foxhole guy. And, uh, you know, I put on a jersey, and I commit to a team. I commit to a city, uh, you know. It's, you know, it's kind of my motto. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a foxhole guy, so very unfortunate situation, though. Felt like he was standing standing over him, over Austin, and, you know, he did what he should do is, is having his teammates back. So, oh, how about that? Um, you know, we never going to let anyone stand over our teammate. Uh, you know, and make, make them feel like they're not a man. Like, that's... that's like, disrespectful. You know I mean, Thank in a you. sense. So, um, just having each other's back. Um, I think that's all it was. Any chance there's LeBron reaction? Because I feel like LeBron's been in this situation before, and he probably can remember it. Thank you. I'm a girl. I'm a chick, and I still think that's disrespectful for a guy to stand over another guy like that. Just come on. These are all alpha males, many of them, and they're all fired up and in the midst of playing a sporting event that that is emotional and you're banging around underneath the glass and whatever. What was DeAndre Ayton doing? There was no need for that. Uh, I actually don't know if Ayton got charged with anything or a foul or if the NBA is going to go back and look at it. Um, but for Anthony Davis to agree... I mean, I, I suppose DeAndre Ayton can be happy that it wasn't Anthony Davis who took a running leap at him. What do you, what are you doing standing over a guy to make him feel small, to to posture like that? It's just it's it's tacky and it's disrespectful. And I'm sure DeAndre Ayton's fine. And I actually laughed when I saw it. <laughs> I watched the video multiple times and I laughed. Clearly, Al McCoy didn't see it that way. <laughs> so, yes, men being men. Now, the Lakers lose to the Phoenix Suns again. And just the basketball side of things, pretty bad for the Los Angeles Lakers. They actually had two guys in their starting lineup, including Pat Bev, who did not score. Now, his primary job is not to score. And he only took two shots before he got ejected. But he did have 10 rebounds. And two assists before he got ejected. So he was he was busy out there. I'm a foxhole guy. Oh, my gosh. He definitely puts on the uniform and is all consumed with his new team. And there's plenty of history there between Pat Beverly and L.A. teams and L.A. culture and everything else. So, yeah, it's... That's your, that's your pre-Thanksgiving... Uh, love. Can you feel the love in the air in Phoenix between the Lakers and the Suns who continue to have the they have the the best the, of the upper hand uh, when it comes to the Lakers. So <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you too. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna stand, if you're gonna straddle a guy like that, I say beware. You better be careful what you're hanging out there because it's might be open game. And the little thunders? Exactly. Little thunders, little Lakers, little Suns, little Jazz, whatever it is, the little Sixers. We're going to get to the Sixers, not the little Sixers. We, we don't need to talk about them. But the other Sixers, the big Sixers. <laughs> oh, Lordy. This show's already gone completely off the rails. I never thought there'd be a day when I would defend Patrick Beverly, except you know what you get with him. He's the kind of guy that would fight tooth and nail for you, 
but you generally don't want to face them. The eyes of Patrick Beverly, they bore a hole in your head. And you better beware if you're standing over one of his teammates. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. I know a lot of people are out of their regular routines. They're driving. They're getting set for what is to come. Thanksgiving is upon us. So whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, we're glad to have you with us After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Share a lot of moments here, um, a lot of ups and downs. You know, I, this is where I was. You know, I became a man. I feel like so. Um, you know, I, I've, I've always you know had a lot of respect for, uh, for Philly in that way, and, and the fan base. You know, it's a special fan base. Um, but I got a, a lot of love for Philly. I'm so excited to play. I'm so excited to play. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. You know, this is gonna be an opportunity for me. You know, I've never been in this situation, so you know I gotta appreciate it and really take it all in. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. (laughs) The NBA is humorous tonight. That was just a smattering, a taste, if you will. Uh, The booing would consume the rest of this hour, so we decided to just give you a little snippet of it. But you know what? It's all fun and games until there's free chicken on the line. (laughs) Did you guys hear about this in the Sixers-Nets game? Oh, good stuff. I love how fickle we are as fans. Don't get between us and our free chicken. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, the voice of Ben Simmons, and then his introduction as he returns to Philadelphia. You may remember the sordid details of his last season, most of it, in Philadelphia. He eventually got traded to the Brooklyn Nets where he never did play last season, but refused to play in Philadelphia because of mental health, because of his headaches. Then it was uh, just not need, not wanting to be around the team. There are all kinds of challenges for Ben in Philadelphia that stem back to their last playoff spot or last playoff run, I should say, before he shut it down. There was a back injury in there as well. There there was always something. And so he did not play with them the entire last season, and they eventually shipped him to Brooklyn in exchange for James Harden. That seems fair. So to see Ben Simmons back in Philadelphia, was it was interesting, but not as jarring as when you have a guy who... Now, he has a history there, but when you have a guy who'd been playing with them so actively and then changes uniforms and you think, whoa, wait a minute, uh, that looks strange. Nah, we hadn't seen Ben in a Sixers uniform for a year, Uh, but more than that now, obviously, by the time that he got back on the court. But elephants never forget, and neither do scorned fans, and they certainly gave him the what for. And in hearing from both locker rooms, after the game, and you'll hear a smattering of that, like the smattering of booze. Actually, it was, it was more like a flood of booze. It wasn't a smattering. We just gave you a small sample size. No Joel Embiid, no James Harden, and yet the Sixers took this really seriously. They wanted to beat the Nets because of Ben Simmons, and they made sure, even after Tobias Harris hurt his ankle, rolled his ankle, I think it was the third quarter, he got back on the court as quickly as possible. And the Nets said the same thing. They really wanted this for Ben Simmons. 
Ultimately, though, the home team, the team that drafted Ben, the team that had him for four seasons and then had to get rid of him, they prevailed. Here's Shake with another pull-up 15-footer, and he puts it in right in the face of Joe Harris. Shake Milt with a 15-foot field goal. Back to a 12-point game, 3.35 to go. The clock can't go quickly enough. Along the right baseline, O'Neal looking for cutters. Nobody open. Out top, and Milt steals it. He breaks away from Kyrie. He drives it. He hangs. It's blocked by Irving, but scored by Shake Milt. What an incredible putback by Shake. He has scored six in a row, and the Sixers are leading by 14. 30 seconds to go, and the crowd rising as the Sixers, despite their undermanned status, shot the Brooklyn Nets. It's 115 to 106. The whole group did a great job defensively of being able to create some turnovers and allow us to get out in transition. In the half court, we, we just did a really good job of moving that basketball and getting some open looks, and it's contagious. The guys that we have out there, on a court are um, amazing players who everyone has a, a story and a journey of how they fought for this position, of where they at. Tobias Harris with 24 points and six rebounds, and he said it was really important to them. He stopped by the TNT set and emphasized the fact they wanted this game despite not having their top two players. Today in shoot-around, we just said we're going to need everybody's effort, and we need everybody to be as confident as ever. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that we did today that was impactful for us is we got defense, we got stops, and we were able to run with it. So, you know, anytime we're down that many starters, just everybody just come together and realize that we need each other. And um, that was a huge win for us. When in doubt, defense, baby. So Ben Simmons was asked about the boos from the crowd. He actually said he thought that they would be louder. Well, those boos turned to cheers when there was free chicken on the line. Second on the way is no good long. Rebounded by Harold. <laughs> And everybody also gets chicken, so that's that's another reason why they're cheering. Oh my gosh! So boo the heck out of Ben Simmons. Let him know how much you despise him, that you hate the way that he exited, and that he essentially forced his way out of Philadelphia. But when he misses free throws and you get free chicken, well, forget all of that. That, that goes that goes out the window. Free chicken. See, I told you when it comes to food, Mac Jones. Not picky. Whatever you put on the table, as long as it's food, I'm going to be happy. Crowd in Philadelphia, you want to talk about flip-flop. Pendulum swinging so furiously the other direction. When it comes to free chicken, well, we can even cheer for Ben Simmons. As long as they're food. Food is going to be a theme on this edition of the show. Actually, Ben said there were people with some kind words for him as he returned to Philly. I think I did some things in Philadelphia that can be respected and appreciated. And I don't think we all have bad times. So, um, you know, it was good to you know have moments like that. Yeah, they respect and appreciate you when you get them free chicken. Uh, he was the number one overall pick in 2016, but before the start of last season had decided he was not going to play for the Sixers again. Uh, and so he had all kinds of reasons. And I'm not saying his mental health challenges weren't for real because he definitely talked about that even when he got to Brooklyn. Not in a good place. Says he's in a good place now, and that's great. Um, but had the teammates behind him too. So to to kind of invoke what we were talking about with Patrick Beverly, whether or not Ben Simmons has a long history with the Brooklyn Nets is irrelevant. 
this is one of the things I love about sports. When you've got team first mentality, and in this situation, the Nets definitely did. They don't always, but in this situation, they definitely did. They wanted to go into Philadelphia and get this win for Ben because he's their guy. For better or for worse, he belongs to us. It's like family, right? Even as we go into Thanksgiving, how many of us have dysfunctional families? How many of us have the crazy uncle or the mumbling grandmother or the whatever, whatever? We we all have family members that annoy us or flat out tick us off or try to press our buttons. That's just family. It's very rarely a Norman Norman Rockwell? No, Norman Rock. I can't remember now. <laughs> it's very r- rarely one of those perfectly pristine photos that is posted on Facebook. <laughs> no, families are messy and they're dysfunctional. And they're sometimes we hurt the people that we love the most because th- they're available. We're just, we don't always treat our families the right way. But man, when it comes to someone else, take an aim at our families, at least in my family, Italian families are like this. You take on one of us, you take on all of us. And we may not even be speaking at the time, <laughs> but don't be coming at my brother, right? Don't be coming at someone in the family. And and that's the element of, of professional sports. When you've got guys who do it the right way. And I think a lot of these guys at this level do it the right way because that's part of getting to this point where you play basketball for a living. So, yeah, the the Nets also wanted this to be a victorious return for Ben. That's a lot of emotions, a lot. You just want to play well. You know know the fans are going to be involved and get excited. Well, not get excited, but... Free just bring their bring their best. I thought he did a great job of just handling it and playing his game, and we had chances to win, but we just didn't. We had the lead early in the first half, and then we gave it up. So I think he did well. So is there anything you say to him before the game or even during it when they're doing that stuff, or is that just giving it more attention than it, than it needs? Maybe just got to go through it. Just got to go through it. Um, stay confident. I mean, if there's anybody who can hand out advice about uh, playing in the face of hateful fans, well, that would that would be Kyrie Irving. Also, I got to tell you, my new favorite Kevin Durant drop. We're going to have this. We're going to save this. It's fantastic. He is spewing truth in this particular moment about how this is not a one-off. Yeah, they're taking aim at Ben Simmons here, but come on. this is This is what the Nets face night in and night out. That's at every arena. Everybody wants to see our team fail. Nobody likes Ben. Nobody likes Kat. Nobody likes myself. So it might be like that in every road arena. You know what I'm saying? So it's just something we got to deal with. Nobody likes Ben. Nobody likes Kai. Nobody likes myself. Nobody likes Ben. Nobody likes Kat. Nobody likes myself. So. I can't really argue with that, actually. I don't, I don't have much of a defense for that. <laughs> Can you feel the love in the NBA tonight? Who cares? (laughs) Patrick Beverly has got those beady eyes. Just don't stand over his teammate. Is it too much to ask? They're showing the video right now on TV. I can't. I can't help it. He just gets a running start. I'm a foxhole guy. (laughs) I think DeAndre Ayton flopped. That's what I think. Yo, he definitely. 
really did. Did you see him kick his legs up in the air? Dude, you're a 6'10 giant. And Patrick Beverly knocked you over, but you'd throw your legs up in the air? It was leg kicking. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Get over yourself, DeAndre Ayton. My goodness. I, I mean, I can't help it. I, this is how I feel. I'm on the side of Patrick, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the power. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Made a guy miss. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom Stokes. Sutter-Salting into the end zone. Touchdown. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Kansas City Chiefs. Ball is snapped on the near hash. Chiefs load up three to the left side. Mahomes crossing pattern caught. Kelsey, 10-yard line, 5-yard line, touchdown! Kansas City! Will Kelsey do it to the Chargers again on a crossing pattern? A touchdown! And now Travis Kelsey, a 17-yard touchdown reception to take the lead, plus his 33rd 100-yard receiving game of his career. The most by a tight end in National Football League history. The Philadelphia Eagles. Game on the line. Hurts in the gun. Hurts takes the snap. He's back. He's going to run. He's in. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts on the quarterback draw scores, and the Eagles can take the lead with the extra point. The Las Vegas Raiders. Car. Play action again. Looking downfield. Lofts it near corner. Adams wide open at the five. He walks in, and the Raiders walk off with a win. Touchdown, Devontae Adams, to win it here in Denver. The New England Patriots. Tenth punt of the day for the Jets. Marcus Jones returning for the Pats despite an earlier ankle injury. He waits on the right hash mark of the 25. The snap, waist high. Pressure-free punt. And it's a good one, forcing Jones to backpedal right side at the 16. Stabbed left, ran it right down the sideline, to the 40, to the 50, to the left, left of the 45, beats the punter to the 35-30. Marcus Jones down the middle of the 10, into the end zone. Touchdown! No flag! Touchdown, Patriots! Wowzers! It was fireworks all over the darn place Sunday week 11 in the NFL and then Monday to cap. That's where we got the third Travis Kelsey touchdown that also happened to be a game winner with 31 seconds left against the Los Angeles Chargers. And there I thought the Chargers were growing up right before our eyes. Way too much time on the clock for that Mahomes-Kelsey duo. Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. Jalen Hurts. 80 seconds left in a slugfest uh, against the, shoot, I forgot who they were playing. The Eagle, oh, the Colts, the Colts. It shouldn't be a slugfest against the Colts. But, yeah, the Colts are playing better since Matt Ryan got back under center and since Jeff Saturday took over. There's a new spirit for sure. 
So Jalen Hurts waits until literally the last two minutes before he gets into the end zone. And you could see him take over this game in the fourth quarter. Eagles radio with Merrill Reese. All four of these are game winners. Devontae Adams from Derek Carr in overtime. The only actual walk-off of the entire weekend. And I'm not sure if you know this, but to add a little TD of the week, nerd alert. There are some distinguished wide receivers in NFL history that have had multiple seasons with at least 10 touchdowns. The most ever, Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. So nine seasons each of at least 10 receiving touchdowns. Marvin Harrison, Terrell Owens, eight each. All four of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Devontae Adams now has six, along with Chris Carter, who's also in the Hall of Fame. So That's nerd stuff. It will not be a surprise when former Packer, now Raider, wide receiver Devontae Adams ends up in the Hall of Fame. I would say first ballot Hall of Famer, as a matter of fact. Yes, yet another season with at least 10 receiving touchdowns. And then, oh, Josh Horowitz on Raiders Radio with the walk-off. And then finally, New England Patriots, Bob Sosi, Scott Zolak. Never seen this before in my life. I don't know if it's ever happened before. It's the first time we've seen a punt return for a touchdown in the NFL this year. And the rookie, Marcus Jones is able to go 84 yards with what, five seconds left as he crossed the goal line for the Patriots to beat the Jets in unlikely fashion. They were headed for overtime. It was an abysmal offensive game, but both those defenses played their arses off and to have it end on the 10th butt for the Jets with Marcus Jones going the distance. And I'm not even sure he was touched. Man, it was a dramatic wild finish. The stuff we love about the NFL. Now, this poll is still live for a couple more hours. So check it out on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on my Twitter. And then, oh my gosh, you're blowing up our Facebook page uh, telling us which one should be the TD of the week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. By the way, if you're on Twitter, you can see Patrick Beverly getting his little jog on and running over to DeAndre Ayton and knocking him down. But I am, the more I look at it now, the more I'm convinced that Ayton is flopping. He's watching a little bit too much of the World Cup to begin, and he started to adopt some of the flopping techniques. By the way, I'm so glad that even those of you who are not diehard soccer fans but you heard Jesse Bradley, the former pro goalie who was here with us, in fact, just about 24 hours ago, uh, we were talking about the USA's re-entry onto the World Cup stage, first time in eight years. Of course, that late penalty kick uh, that the U.S. gave up to Gareth Bale and Wales. And it was disappointing, to be sure. But he gave us the keys to the Americans recovering and getting ready for England Love the reaction. Many of you told me that it made soccer understandable for you and that you kind of get more of the strategy, but also the excitement of why it's such a big deal. Well, in that conversation, (laughs) I asked him about all of the fouls, the yellow cards, and the guys that were going down late in the game, cramping a little bit. But he definitely explained the science of flopping and how it's actually been cleaned up in the beautiful game a bunch in the last couple of years. So if you missed that, it's on our podcast, After Hours, amylawrence.com. Did you all see what happened on Tuesday morning? Before I even went to bed, it was already blowing up Twitter. 
Argentina, as in the Argentina that never loses on the international stage. That Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. We'll get some of the reaction to this from the experts and the analysts, but suffice it to say that Saudi Arabia's king actually declared it a public holiday in their nation. Coming up on Wednesday, which it is Wednesday now in the Saudi kingdom, to mark the occasion, the 2-1 upset over Lino Messi and Argentina at the World Cup. <laughs> it's crazy. I I understand how big it is in other parts of the world because I've been there when the World Cup is going on. I've been in places like Ecuador and Cuba. I've I've seen the the passion and how much of a lifeblood it is in other nations, even going to Africa and understanding what it meant there as well. But a national holiday? I kind of actually I feel like he could be onto something. Maybe we need to adopt that for the Super Bowl. Monday after the Super Bowl needs to be a national holiday. Why not? I don't see who would argue that. We're handing out national holidays left and right. We might as well. Let's do that. It's something that we can all get behind. We very rarely agree on anything in this nation, but in the United States, we agree on football. It's worth a national holiday. Yo, it's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.